Welcome to Shapeless Dreams. I'm your host, Keenan Turner, and this episode, I'm discussing Rocksteady's Batman Arkham Asylum with my good friend, Ben Heron. Arkham Asylum was created by Rocksteady Studios in 2009. It has a 96% Steam rating. Well, let's get into it. Arkham Asylum. So I think we started playing this around the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I I was relatively late to it because, well, I didn't grow up with the game. I grew up with like Minecraft and yeah. stuff. So the only time I really um found out about it was when it came free on Epic. Um, yeah, that, that's so, sort yeah. of the same. Like, um, I sort of knew about it as a Batman fan, and I think I played some of the demo on my crappy laptop, um, and it was good, but then I just sort of forgot about it. And then you were like, oh, it's free on Epic Games, and I was too late and missed out. Um, so I got it on, I got it on um, Xbox, Xbox One, and I played it. No, it's really good. Yeah, I think, for me, I grew up with the Lego games, so, like, Lego Batman 1, 2, 3. Mostly Lego Batman 2, that was, like, the second proper game I actually played, because I didn't have a PlayStation or anything, I just had the CD-ROMs for a PC. And um, so I grew up with the Lego Batman series, but I never really... I, I just basically went from Lego Batman to, um, and like Lego Star Wars and all the other series, to Minecraft, and I stayed at Minecraft for a long time, and um, it was only like a couple of years ago where I discovered that, wait, other games exist, um, and Arkham was the first proper, I guess, story game I played, apart from a few on the PlayStation. So you didn't really have a very diverse gaming background. No, no. Well, um, I got a PlayStation 4 a few years ago. Um, a few years before I got Arkham Asylum. But I never really... Um, I didn't use it that much. I, um, I, pl- I used it for Uncharted and stuff, but Uncharted was basically the only full story game um, that I'd played, and Arkham Asylum was just something so different and so new to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I grew up with Batman, like, like um, you know, I had Batman toys pretty early on, and I was watching Batman the Brave and the Bold, I was playing Lego Batman, um, Lego Batman 2, Batman the Animated Series, like, a like um, yeah, so, and then by the time I played Arkham Asylum, I was already pretty deep in with the comics. Um, so, yeah. I think, as a hardcore Batman fan, there was lots of stuff in that game that I really appreciated. There's so many references. But I think overall, the originality, like all, Batman, all the Batman stuff aside, the originality of the game was just so good. Yeah. Like, the whole... Like, this was a superhero action fighting game. 
but you were like, it was like, a, it's a horror game as well. And so you're like, confined into Arkham Asylum and like, most of the game, you're walking through corridors. And so yeah. it's like, I, I think it was just so, Sorry. the experience was so fresh, even though I was playing it quite late after it, the release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, even though I think it, it just shows a testament to how genre defining it was and how unique it was and how it still stands up to today. Like, I'm quite a fan of like working to budget limits and tech limits and just limits in general. So like, um, I, I really love how instead of trying something big, like instead of trying an open world Gotham when they didn't have the budget and they didn't have the tech for it, they went for a small confined Arkham Asylum and they made something ultimately better than what they could have done a, a lot better than what they could have done and if they had more I don't know technically quote unquote freedom in an open world setup mm. Mm. yeah and it was it's it's kind of like the oh is this like your this must have been like your first sort of real Batman experience right well, I did grow up watching like Batman the Brave and the Bold. I never really watched the animated series because it was just never on. Um, I watched a bit of it now, like later. But I did. I was a I was a huge fan of the Lego games as a kid. So, um, <laughs> like especially Lego Batman Two would probably be in my top like three Lego games. Like those were all I played for a, a long time. Um, I think I one hundred percent completed Lego Batman Two. And so I'd, I'd grown up with um, liking Batman as much as any other superhero, but like knowing a fair bit about him. But um, this was, yeah, my first proper experience with him. Yeah, so I think the, the Arkham series was just so influential on everything else, and it was really the first proper experience first proper Batman game anyone had ever got like the only one before it was Lego Batman 1 and even that was a good game but it had its limits it was it, it's quite dated to this day um, it was it was really good back in the day but um, it's still it doesn't really hold up to today's standards and I'd much rather play a Lego Batman 2 any day um, but so when Arkham Asylum came out, people would just think, "Oh, it's like another, it's another Batman Begins 2005 video game, right?" <laughs> but then it became something so much more, and um, spawned a sequel that gained even better reception. And everyone's like, "Wow!" Yeah, so this is how you do a Batman game. So I guess what there are a lot of things that made it so unique. Um, think it was a breakthrough not just in batman video games but just in video games in general um especially with combat yes, yes. i reckon yeah because the the combat was is quite shallow but in a good way it fits batman's style really well and i think um a lot of people like like look down on the combat thinking oh it's just button mashing but that's like 
it's so smooth and it was so um back in the day it was just entirely new groundbreaking yeah yeah i think there is also an element of skill to the combat though because there are combos yeah it's not and it's not like um especially when you're fighting the like bosses or like the titans titan goons like there was an element of you did have to press like buttons in a yeah. certain sequence to take them out it's it's yeah i know what you mean it's not like the lego games where you can just spam it and not die <laughs> yeah it is something it did it was it was basic but it, in a way that worked and in a way that kind of fitted to everything and it was hard enough that you could if you wanted to you didn't just go in all all like well not guns blazing but like you didn't just go on punching up all those goons mm. when there was a stealth scenario you chose to do stealth not necessarily because you were forced to because of guns but because you wanted to well and that's, that's my opinion yeah oh my gosh that was in my case the stealth but stealth, like, combat, I guess you'd call it that. I felt like Batman. Like, in all of the Arkham games, I feel like Batman when I'm doing stealth. Like, my favorite... It's a cliche, but it's true. My favorite stealth move, takedown take move, is the inverted takedown. You know the one where you're on a gargoyle and, like, a dude walks beneath you and you press um, Y or whatever it is on PlayStation and you drop down, and you grab them, you bring them up, and you, like, strangle them. It, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the other games that had used stealth already, well, the main one would probably be the Assassin's Creed series. Sure. Like, the first Assassin's Creed came out two years before Arkham Asylum, and um, that had uh, stealth scenarios, stealth settings that worked for the game, but then, like, people... But that was all really people thought of stealth. Like, there were other ones, like, um... The... Uh, um... Never mind. I'm just gonna add it in. You're right. Yes, I just forgot of what a game. Um. Oh yeah. So there were like the Hitman games and stuff as well, but those were good for the setting like the style hitman and uh, and assassin's creed were kind of similar um but they weren't like batman came in overthrew it all was like this is how batman does stealth and everyone was going crazy for that yeah yeah it was so good also i think like i, I said earlier it is a horror game like it might ne not necessarily be a horror game that scares you out of your skin, but it's still a horror game. Like, even when yeah. you're just walking through the corridors it's... and, like, Joker plays, like, that music over the radios. You know the one I Yeah, mean? my favorite, um, like, Scarecrow is a horror villain. Like, um, they could have done more of him in Arkham Knight and Arkham Asylum and stuff but the stuff that they did use like well the fear sequences aren't all that scary often they um it, the, the, the jump scare where your computer crashes that's like it comes into reality and it's like oh crap 
it's actually happening. So the, the um, horror elements really will work like to the thing because like if you know um, Arkham Asylum is based on a comic um, it's called oh. A Serious House on Serious Earth and it was written in the 80s I and read that's that like it's so different it's um, I have but it's it's like all of it it's kind of joker centered but it's all um, the art style and the, the writing were hard to read it just takes it it kind of shows the horror through um, and I think the developers Rocksteady did really well with adapting that to a game setting yeah I haven't read the comics so I can't really speak on that point um, but the games yeah. definitely can be a bit unsettling sometimes it's very like you know you'll be walking through a corridor you go into a room You'll come back and something's different. Or even like when you come out of like, you've just done sort of a main segment of the story and you walk through a door and there's like that gift box from the Joker. Like that, yeah. that was, yeah. It, it's creepy. Yeah. And um, it, like Arkham Asylum like kind of inspired me to play other um, kind of horror games as well. And you can kind of see that it inspired so much that the game itself inspired um, all of these other things too. Like, you can see its influences in all corners of the gaming industry, right? But I think some of those, like, um, sequences, like um, Scarecrow's fear sequences and stuff, um, they've just influenced so much more. Um, yeah, like, even, I was just playing Layers of Fear, like, just, just before we did this. And even then, like, it sort of feels like Arkham Asylum. Or rather, Arkham Asylum feels like Layers of Fear, but Layers of Fear came after, you know? Yeah. And then... And then there's the horror elements in Arkham Knight. That's for... That's for something else. Um, yeah, it's... it's Arkham Knight's kind of different, though. Um, like, that's... It's got some creepy parts, like, with the fear gas and changing things, but um, I think it doesn't match up to Arkham Asylum, like, especially... Uh, the whole scarecrow where you joker swap places and yeah that's all so unsettling so the story I don't you talked about that comic book how like similar is the story well it's more kind of inspired by it um I haven't actually finished oh. it <laughs> um, okay But it's it's not word for word. It's like they kind of wrote their own story. Um, and just wait. I'm just going to look up how similar it is. Yeah, the story is quite linear, um, I think, compared to the later games. I haven't really played Arkham Origins, so yeah. I can't speak. But, but Arkham Asylum was pretty straightforward. It was like... 
you just have to go and stop the Joker. Um, whereas, like, I guess Arkham Knight, there was a lot happening. Like, um, there was, well, the Arkham Knight and Scarecrow, um, and then Arkham City. There was a lot you had to do. There's sort of a lot of other, like, sort of side little stories that you had to play through to not side quests, but like just like little parts of the main story that you they just made it more complex yeah, yeah. and longer and Arkham Asylum was yeah it was kind of like a Lego game I guess you know like sort of I kind of know what you mean uh, the backtracking does get old after a while like but I suppose the environments work so well that like backtracking is is like you don't really care about it like I went through and got all the Riddler trophies when I played it first and I never got bored like because the environments are so detailed they're so nice um like you want to stay in them that's the same with the combat like it's probably one of the only games that has a combat that you actually want to go and seek it out rather than um avoid it like well other games um let's say assassin's creed 2 um they have the sort of combat which is like fun for a while but like you don't entirely want to go and um <laughs> run into hordes of angry men and fight them off because it's just like you'd much rather continue with the story whereas arkham asylum and Especially, it, go, it peaks in Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight combat is where it really peaks, yeah. but Arkham Asylum's got the type of combat where you would finish the challenges, like the the DLC parts where you um, what are they called? I, I think know. they're called Riddler's Revenge. Um, or no, that's City. Um, no, they're just challenges. Just wait, I'm right? gonna <laughs> gonna cut this out. Um, um. What are they called? Challenge maps. So the um, Arkham Asylum challenge maps, like, where you seek out the combat and you play it through. <laughs> That's, like, it's something not many games can actually do. I think Arkham Asylum's one of the first games that properly have hand-to-hand -hand combat in an enjoyable way. And that all becomes from comes from the free-flow style, like, the, um, you... It's it's all seamless compared to other games of that era. That they're quite um like punch kick. It's it's all separate parts, um and it doesn't really work well as one. So you end up um only really doing it to progress through the story. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't um, played the. Like challenge stuff for Arkham Asylum. I haven't collected all Casual. the trophies. I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm such a yeah, I'm a pretty casual player. Um, yeah, it's just the Riddler trophies is just like uh, I would rather I would like to one day I'll go and yeah. collect them, but you know I've got other yeah, games to um, play. I think. Oh. Now that's that's one thing we should talk about the Riddler. Like, um, what do you? What well, is your thoughts on the before Riddler? 
um, before I played it, the Riddler was one of my favorite Batman villains just because, I don't know, I really liked riddles, and so I liked the Riddler. Um, so I didn't mind him in Arkham Asylum. Like, he wasn't that annoying. He definitely gets a lot worse in City and Night, and then he's just in your face all the time, and it's like, no, I want to progress with the main story, and he's just up my backside mm. about going to the next challenge to save Catwoman. Um, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah really so annoying. Yeah, I think um, oh. I don't really mind it too much, and I quite liked it. I did have to look up tutorials for some of them, but it was like it gave you a break. So sometimes I took a break in the story to go find more Riddler trophies, and um, while I would have liked to continue with the story, I just liked the kind of change of pace. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um. Would you say it looks like um, Arkham Asylum probably is the easiest game to find? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because they're... Um, I have attempt, I have attempted to get Riddler trophies in City, but there are just some puzzles that are just like... I think... What a way to... Um, <laughs> it's just because um, Arkham Asylum has got so few little Riddler trophies compared to the other two. I think it's got the perfect amount of Riddler trophies and that as soon as you're kind of bored with them the thing ends and you're like wow that was nice that was a nice change of pace that was a nice extra to the game whereas like it becomes a chore in night especially because night you're like oh yeah gotta go back to the stag airships oh yeah gotta look up a tutorial for this like uh, I mean because that one I can't figure it out Um, and it gets quite tedious after a while um, I haven't collected all of them in City. I've collected most of the ones in Night. But, um, like, City is similar, except it's kind of, like, it's it's not as bad as Night, but it's better than... But it's, I mean, uh, it's worse than Asylum, but it's not as bad as Night. Yeah. I haven't... I haven't really been collecting any of the trophies in Night. Uh, like, I only just completed the main story. <laughs> so I'm just playing the side quests. Like, I'm s- I think I'm just about finished the Professor Pig one. Yeah, the Professor Pig one's my favorite. But... Like, yeah, I'm really excited to see what how that ends. Um, oh, yeah, so detective mode. I think... I think... With... Ah, with backtracking, ah, yes. um, well, I think you the the setting. I mean, back to the setting. The setting works so well, like all of the details in it. And I've seen, I saw someone talk about this before, but um, I think the setting's so good that even because there's such an OP thing as detective mode, you still love. Um, like turning it off just to appreciate the city the 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 view i mean not the city that um mm. you still turn it off to appreciate the asylum like because it's so detail rich it's so creepy in its own right that like detective mode while being like perfect and um op and stuff like personally i i turned it off for some things just because i liked the setting so much yeah I found it kind of hard. Um, I think if I had detective mode on too long, it it kind of was sore on the eyes yeah. to play the game. Um, 
Is, do they? I can't remember. Do they have um? The no, that's only from um night. Yeah, I actually like that um little snap feature in night. Like, because when they block your detective mode, then you have to like rely on other things. Yeah. Just, yeah, like, because uh, that's the thing about um, detective mode is that it's you have to use it so much. Well, you don't have to, but like, it's just so convenient to use. And I think. Yeah, it just adds an extra challenge when yeah, you can't um, use it. That's, that's what I really like. Um, we'll talk about that more in depth in our um, Arkham Knight look back on. Um, Arkham yep. Knight video. But I think Detective Mode was quite a relatively <laughs> new thing. Like, um, it's It was, like, because Batman's kind of overlooked as a, being a detective. Like, I think Arkham, the, the Arkham games bought yeah. Batman's, yeah. quote, detective skills to the wider nations. Like, um, if you think of Batman, you think of a crime fighter, you think of, like, I don't know, a, a vigilante, but you don't think of him as, like, a, a cop. You think of him working with the police, but you don't think of him as a detective as such and like having it as such a big part of the mm. game like especially that's what um, I like so much about the Riddler trophies as well the um, cryptic clues that kind of pull on your knowledge for the comics but also they're like um, still they're not straightforward um, Arkham Knight goes too far with it and it just it doesn't really feel like a detective game anymore but I think it makes a a game that's as good as the um, Frog Wiz Sherlock games for being a detective. Crime and Sherlock Holmes. Um, no, but Crimes and Punishments was good. No. I, I still get to play it. Yeah. I do want to. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I was going to say. Probably the stereotypical Batman is like Christian Bale's like I'm Batman, yeah. you know, like was that really like? And he's a great Batman, albeit he does miss he is missing some aspects that I think make Batman authentic, um, like like the detective thing. I feel like there was some detective this in the Dark Knight trilogy but it wasn't quite as prominent mm. as it is in the comics which is fine for what the yeah. Dark Knight trilogy was I think that was. just shows sorry um, I think because <clears throat> the Dark no, Knight go. trilogy you finish. oh yeah you go alright the Dark Knight trilogy was very much uh, grounded in reality um, action films that had Batman um, the only thing is that because Nolan had was using so much realism I think by the time The Dark Knight Rises came around I just wasn't feeling the Batman anymore yeah but that's just um, me I think well yeah. um, I think that just shows how 
influential the Dark Knight trilogy was because it brung Batman mm. to a wider audience. Yeah. Like, the 1989 Batman had done that, but it was kind of the old thing. Like, everyone remembered, like, a lot of the general population remembered the 1989 Batman for the sequel, Batman and Robin. Um, like, the, well, the fourth oh, one, oh, yeah. well, Batman and Robin. Sure. And I think, like, I mean, that just kind of showed a laughably kids Batman I think Batman was kind of pushed aside as like a program for kids you know because of the Batman animated series while was while it wasn't uh okay hold on hold on (laughs) no no I'm not saying that but like I think that was just um the view from the public like Batman was an animated thing for like daytime tv um, it, oh, yeah. it wasn't. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. It wasn't a. Like, um, um, it, the, the series wasn't targeted at kids, but it was like the general population had kind of lost Batman as being the. Um, they didn't. It, oh, never mind. No, I know what you mean. Like, because um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin being what they were. Have been so famously bad. <laughs> um, it it set up a big reputation for Batman um, as being like yeah. just like you know, I, I don't know some dude that like washes <laughs> dishes and like does good stuff and like wears a seatbelt in the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you know. His parents are dead. I That's think fine. That's fine. It's he, he the nineteen sixties series. The people who grew up at the nineteen sixties series that didn't become like Batman fans <laughs> and didn't really see much after that. I think that was the main like um, view of Batman until the nineteen eighty nine Batman, and you're like, wow, Batman is a dark character. It's not just yeah. for little kids, yeah. and that was kind of forgotten by the time Batman and Robin had come around. And like, well, it Batman and Robin was infamous for being too much for kids. I think that kind of changed the mindset of people throughout time until the Dark Knight trilogy came around, where Nolan um, made Batman the dark character that he is. He influenced so much. He influenced superhero movies. He influenced the future of Batman. Like, he reintroduced Batman into popular superheroes. Like, he was always there, but he was now famous again, I guess. Um... And I think that shows, like, that's why Batman's detective stuff hadn't been, like, known about and talked about in, like, until, until the games, Mm. because they were so, um, they were kind of sidelined by Batman's badass, um, views, like. Yeah, I, I, oh, this is like a little side topic. One thing I, it's quite annoying how people sort of forgotten how influential Batman has been on mm-hmm. superhero films. Like not even just the Dark Knight trilogy, but Batman '89, um, sort of changed things. Like one major thing, apart from it being like the first dark superhero movie, was um, I think his suit. He wore body armor. Like that was the first superhero movie with body armor. Like, before then, they were just wearing, like, spandex. 
like, and so that movie was quite influential on superhero movies in general. And then there was the Dark Knight trilogy, like you just spoke about. Like, cause now, like, general, general, like, sort of casual audiences just like think of the definition of a superhero movie mm. is like Avengers. I think that's just because Marvel's so big now that um, the MCU's kind of become superhero movies. Same with the DCEU, but um, I think I think you're right. Like, the only other really superhero movies around that time were the Superman ones, and while the originals were good in their own right, they were the kind of light-hearted kids' movies that you'd expect, that they weren't, like, um, the dark teens' adults that um, Batman became when Batman 1989 released.